me this series. This might be the last message in this revival series. I don't know yet. I thought last week might be the last one, but I had a little bit more to say. So revival starts with me, but today responding to God. Now, we've been talking about revival starts with me on Sunday mornings, talking about the idea of if we want revival personally and as a church, and we want revival for people not just that are in this place, but for other people, revival has to start with me. A lot of times, and this is what we're going to really emphasize today, a lot of times we feel like that revival starts with somebody else and not us. Thus, we never have revival in our lives. Because we're waiting on preachers and worship teams and prayer warriors and the new album and the new uh, notebook we got and the new preaching series to turn us into a revival person, but it doesn't work like that. Revival starts with me. You can get into revival anytime you want to. But notice what happens. It's wrong theology that has been talked into us and has been been spoken so many times. We feel like that we're waiting on God to do something. But we're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us. Because if revival doesn't start with you, what's going to happen? You're going to live your life here, and God's not going to do anything. And you're going to blame it on him and blame it on other people. But he was waiting on you to respond the whole entire time. Because revival starts with me. God has already initiated something in our lives, but we have to respond back to him for him to move in our lives. That's why it says in the Bible that we are co-laborers with him. We are working together with him. He is the head, but we are the body. So we work together in perfect harmony to fulfill the will and the mission and the plan of God, and it cannot be done apart from us. Are you here today? And a lot of times we have Christians and believers that are waiting on God to do something and know he's already done something. He's waiting on us to respond. We're waiting on revival to happen to us and we're waiting on people to excite us. But notice, we have to start with us. Revival starts with me. Starts with you. It starts with our church. It starts with us, and we have to realize that that revival starts with us. God has initiated something, but we must respond for it to be personal in our lives. We have to respond to what God is doing for us to be able to be into revival and to receive from God. So today we're talking about responding to God. Now, I'm just going to put a little disclaimer at the beginning of this message. You will be uncomfortable. <laughs> you will be uncomfortable, and you will be convicted by this message. That was your chance to respond. <laughs> the more you respond, the less you're convicted, right? Responding to God, that's the title of the message. I just want to put a little disclaimer in here before we get started. I'm not mad at you. I love you. But I'm called to challenge you, not just pat you on the back as your pastor. And so today we're going to talk about some things, just like we always do in revival, that are going to be a little convicting. And conviction is from God, not the enemy. So let's not cast it away and say, get behind me, Satan. No, that's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit comes, and when somebody who's anointed of God to preach to you and you feel uncomfortable in a service, that's not from the enemy. That's from the Holy Spirit, and he's convicting you, saying, you need to change. And not just saying, you need to change. He's saying, let me help you change. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that he comes on the inside of us, and when we feel uncomfortable in a service, he's saying, let me help you change. Let me help you change. But he can't do it for you. Why? Because we have to respond to him. Because revival starts with me. Even though God wants so many things for your life, he will not override your will. 
He will not make you respond to him. He will not make you make a decision. He will only try to help you and convict you by the Holy Spirit, but he can't force you to do anything. That's why we have to respond to God. We have to respond to God. How did you get saved? You responded to God. Now, it was already a done work, wasn't it? It was already finished. Jesus already died on the cross. He didn't have to go and die again when you got saved. What happened? God already initiated something with you, but you had to respond to receive it. And so whenever you prayed the sinner's prayer, what did you do? You responded to him, and then you received the gift that he had for you. Now that's a principle because if it works for salvation, it works in the rest of your spiritual life. God has started something, initiated something, but we must respond to receive our healing. We must respond to receive our deliverance. We must respond to receive our peace. We must respond to receive our joy. We must respond to receive revival. It doesn't just hit you and take you over. You have to respond in the same way you responded when you got saved and you said, Jesus, come into my heart. And you believed in your ma- with your heart and you confessed with your mouth and you responded to God. And when you responded, you received what he had for you. Isn't that true? But you weren't saved until you responded. It's the same principle all throughout your Christian walk with God. When we want to receive, we have to respond back to him. So let's turn to James 4 and verse 8. We're going to do the New Living Translation first, if you could pull that up for us. James 4 and verse 8, New Living Translation. I love this verse. You got a verse for that, Pastor? Yes, I do. And I got more than this, but this is the best one I could find. James 4 and verse 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. But notice the first part. It says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Some translations say, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. So do I have a scripture? Yes, I have a scripture. What does this scripture say? Come close to God, and God will come close to you. We're talking about responding to God. Are you hearing me today? Responding to God. So guess who moves first in this verse? Who moves first? Who? You do. Then why are you waiting on God all the time? Who comes first? Come close to God. And knows what God will do. And God will come close to you. Draw near to him. And he will draw near to you. We have to respond to receive from God. Come close to God. That's a promise. And God will come close to you. Some of you have heard this quote. Old time preacher said it. If you don't feel close to God, who moved? Who moved? God moved? Nope. You did. I don't like it when he talks like this on Sunday. I'm trying to help you because I love you today. What does it say? Come close to God and God will come close to you. If you feel distant in your relationship to God, it's not because he moved, it's because you did. If you don't feel it like you used to in worship, it's not because God moved. It's because you did. If you don't get anything out of your Bible anymore, it's not because God's word is not still inspired. It's because you moved. God says, come close to me, and then I'll come close to you. Stop waiting on God to do something. He's waiting on you. And the reason God does that is he's a gentleman. You can have as much of God as you want, and you can have as little of God as you want. That's your choice, not his. 
Even though God wants the best for you, he wants to fill you with his fullness and his presence. He wants to give you everything that you've ever desired. He wants to fill you with his life, with his joy, with his peace. He will not force himself on you. That's why God says, hey, if you come close to me, guess what? I'm going to come close to you. If you draw close to me, I'm going to draw close to you. If you seek after me, if you want me, then I'll seek after you and pursue you. But who moves first? We do. We do. Just this little simple revelation you just got will change your spiritual life. Because a lot of Christians don't even get this first step in their Christian walk. And that's why they're waiting on God their whole life and they never see him do anything. And they live and die and they're disappointed in their relationship with God. Because they never responded to him. They never responded to God. They never drew close to God. They never moved towards God. And guess what his word says? If you don't draw close to me, he's not going to push his will on you and force you to do something. Even though he knows what's best for you. He won't do it. So come close to God. And he will come close to you. Draw close to him, and he will draw close to you. Pursue him, and he will pursue you. We have to respond to God. This is the key in a lot of your relationship with God that's missing. Because you don't realize that you're the one who needs to respond to him. He's already initiated something. He's already done something in your life, and we have to respond to receive from God. Now, we're about to get into the real good stuff. You ready for this? i got to take a drink for this. There's another thing with your spiritual life that you need to understand. And this is what separates the people who get something from God and the people who just go through the motions. And it's the principle of faith versus feelings. Now, y'all ain't ready for this. Faith versus feelings. A lot of us, especially in the Western world, have bought into the lie that if I don't feel it, I'm not going to fake it. And so that's why you don't read your Bible. Because if I don't feel it, I'm not going to fake it. And I'm not going to worship when I come into service because I'm just not feeling it this morning. So if I don't feel it, I'm not going to fake it. Or I'm not going to enter in when somebody's preaching. I'm just going to play on my phone while he's talking when he's a good preacher. Because if I don't feel it, I'm not going to fake it. You've been sold the lie that people told you. First of all, that's immature. Second of all, why does that only pertain to your spiritual life? Tomorrow morning, you're not going to feel like going to work either. And you don't say, if I don't feel it, I'm not going to fake it. No, you go to work. So why is it only your spiritual life that you play that card with? Well, I'm just too tired to come to church, but you're not too tired to go to work tomorrow. Hmm. It's because you care more about money than you do about God. Don't, don't let me sit at home for a week. You go get it next week. I had too much time to think about this. Are you hearing my heart? This is what's called conviction. If you feel uncomfortable right now, good. It's called conviction. It's from God. That's what revival preaching does to you. It gets you out of that mundane mentality. It gets you out of that funk that you've been listening to in your head. It gets you and it wakes you up to what God is doing. Conviction. So if you get up tomorrow, I'm going to remind you of this. I'm going to call you on the morning and say, do you feel like going to work? And say, no, stay home. Don't fake it. You know what you're doing? It's not called faking it. It's called being faithful. Tomorrow morning, you're not going to want to raise your kids. And you can't say, well, I don't want to fake it because I don't feel it. It's not called faking it. It's called being faithful. 
Tomorrow you're not going to want to go to school, but you're going to go to school anyways. It's not called being fake. It's called being faithful. So why don't we apply that to our spiritual life? You have bought the lie. If you don't feel it, then it's not real. But the enemy is the God of this world. And he's the God of your feelings. And trust me, he will give you every wrong feeling to do the right thing. So guess what? If he's going to make you have the wrong feelings, it's going to be about spiritual things more than anything. So when you feel like praying, you're going to feel like praying is the last thing you want to do. Why? Because it's actually going to change your life. When you, when you are about to read your Bible and you feel like doing everything else but read your Bible, why do you feel so strong like, I don't want to do it? Because the enemy is using your feelings to talk to you more than God. So don't buy the lie, if I don't feel it, then I'm not going to do it because I'm faking it. Once again, why is it only pertaining to your spiritual life and nothing else? It's not faking it. It's called being faithful. It's called being a faith person. Because a faith person does it when they don't feel like it. When they don't see it. Do you remember what faith is? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is I walk by faith and not by sight or my feelings. So let's not buy the lie that if I don't feel it, I'm being fake. No, you're not. You're being faithful. Not just faithful, but faith-filled when you act that way. Once again, the enemy will give you every negative emotion and feeling when you're about to do something spiritual. And that happen? You only get tired and sick on Sunday mornings. Why? Be aware of Satan's devices. He's trying to do that to you on purpose. Why do you never feel like you want to pray? You never feel like you want to read the Bible. When you're in worship, you don't lift your hands because why? You don't feel it. You don't feel it. No, it's called being faithful. And if we don't get over this, in our spiritual walk with God, we will never move into what God has for us. Are you hearing me this morning? You will never receive from God. You will never get into revival. If you can't be mature enough to see through the enemy's lies and walk by faith instead of your feelings. And it's not fake. It's faithful. It's obedience. The truth of it is this. When we, what did it say? When we respond to God, God responds to us. When we draw close to God, God draws close to us. When we move close to God, God moves close to us. It's a principle, but you have to be obedient. Then the feelings come. Are you picking up what I'm laying down today? It doesn't go in the opposite order. That's why most of us don't enter into what God has for us. Because we're buying the lie of our feelings. Let me show you how easy it is. A lot of Sunday mornings, Saturday evenings into Sunday mornings, I don't feel good. I don't feel good physically, and I don't feel good mentally and emotionally or spiritually going into Sunday mornings. At this point in time, after this many years of preaching, I understand why I feel that way. And I'm mature enough to know I feel this way because the enemy doesn't want me to preach tomorrow. I feel this way because the enemy doesn't want to use my gift tomorrow. I feel this way because the enemy is trying to stop me from giving what they need to hear on Sunday morning. So after all these years, I realize why I feel the way I feel on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. And if I listened to that, I would stay at home every week. But I've just been doing this enough to know 
that when I do it by faith, as soon as I do it by faith, then the feelings come to back up what I believe in. If I just step out in obedience, then the feelings come to back up the decision I made and responded to God. Are you hearing me this morning? So right here this morning, I didn't feel anything until I grabbed this microphone. But you know what happened? I stepped out in faith and obedience, and guess what? Right now, I feel it. Why? Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Obey when you don't feel like it, and once you obey, God will give you the feelings to back up your obedience. You got to get beyond your feelings. Beyond this idea of I'm being fake, no, you're not. You're being faithful. That's what pleases God. How many of you know they call it in the Bible a sacrifice of praise? That means you mean more to God when you don't feel like worshiping and you worship. It means more to God when you don't feel like coming to church and you do. It means more to God when you get in your Bible and you don't have all warm, tingly feelings all over your body. Why? Because that's a sacrifice of praise. That's a sacrifice of worship. And that's faith. Come on, are you hearing me today? So God gets more out of it when you don't feel it and you do it anyways. Are you hearing me today? But if we're going to have revival starting with us and we're going to respond to God, we have to move past our feelings and respond to God first. Obey God first. Respond to Him first. And then the feelings come. Now that doesn't just pertain to your spiritual life. That pertains to everything in your life. You know that to be true. You obey You make a decision. You go and do it when you don't feel like it. And the feelings come later. But if you're waiting on your feelings to catch up with you, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. We walk by faith and not by sight. What's sight? It's a feeling. It's a sense. It's an emotion. We walk by faith and not by sight. Are you hearing my heart today? So as a church family, I just want to say today, don't believe the lies that you've heard. It's not God and it's not God's word. The lies that you have to feel everything and if I don't feel it, I'm not going to fake it. It's hurting your spiritual life. It's hurting your daily walk with God. It's hurting what you receive from Him because When we don't respond to Him, we don't receive from Him. But God wants to do great things, but He's looking for people who step out and respond to Him. Draw close to God, He'll draw close to you. Come close to God, God will come close to you. But we got to move first. Dr. Dufresne the spiritual grandfather of this house said this. A lot of you know this quote, but it's true. People don't get more from God because they don't respond more. People don't get more from God because they don't respond more. We receive, listen to me, we receive from God by our response to God. People don't get more from God Because they don't respond more. People don't get more because they don't respond more. I've been in church a long time. 31 years. I have seen revivals. I have seen services that change people's life. And I've seen two different people in the same service 
received two different things. And it wasn't God's will. And it wasn't the preacher. And it wasn't the music. It was their own decision on what they received or they didn't. Because we receive more from God when we respond more to God. We receive more from God when we respond to God. We receive through our response. Our response, what is our response? Is our faith. And don't tell me your faith is just in your heart. No, it's not. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The actions will show. Let me break it down to you a little bit closer to home. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. Now, what's the principle there? If it's in your heart, it's going to come out in your actions. It's going to come out in your face. It's going to come out in your response if it's really in there. So that's why our response is our faith to God. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? So anyways, I've seen two people in the same service. One receive answers and one say, I didn't get it. Response. Response level. Now, now hear my heart. I'm not talking about just being wild for wild's sake and being out of order. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you will respond if there's genuine faith in your heart. Not just at church, but in your walk with God. You still want to hear what I have to say? Okay. Sure. I'm giving you an opportunity right now. I'm still going to say it anyways. The same people that say they don't feel God in worship are the same people that stand like this. Who's, is, that, is that God's problem? Is that God's fault? What do he say? Respond to me and I'll respond to you. The same people that, that, that are like this, I, I don't get into worship and I don't feel worship. Of course you don't. You never will. Because you're not responding to him before you feel like responding to him. The same people that don't get anything out of the message are the same people that have their heads down scrolling through the phone. Of course you're not going to get anything out of it. Respond to God, and he will respond to you. I'm just cutting through all that baloney that's in your head and wrong thinking to let you understand the truth. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like praying. You ever pray? No. Because you got to respond first, and then God responds to you. Hopefully you're here in my heart today. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm trying to stir you up. I'm trying to bring the truth to you. And sometimes the truth hurts. Because God wants to do something in everyone's lives here, but he's waiting on a response. He's waiting on people to seek after him, to draw close to him, to come close to him. And if we don't do that, we won't receive from him. Come close to God and God will come close to you. We don't receive more from God because we don't respond more. Now, how do we respond? We respond with our words. We respond with our words. We respond with our uh, feet. We respond with our hands. We respond with our heart. We respond with our life. There needs to be an outward expression of what's going on inside. God sees your body language just like I do. How many know if someone's closed off from you with their body language, you don't want to go spend time with them? They're going, I just reminded myself of the way they act at the quarry. <laughs> you don't want to go talk to somebody whose body language is like that. You want to talk to somebody who's like this. 
Because they're responding to you. It's the same way with God. That draws God in with your words, with your actions, with your worship, with your praise, with your prayers. When you respond to Him, He responds back. He draws close to you. He comes close to you when we respond to Him. And we get more from God. Notice, not just in services, but in our life when we respond more to Him. And we receive from God by our response. Chad, can I have you come up here and help me do something? I got object lessons. First of all, I'm going to give you this, Chad. So let's just say Chad is God. It's not a stretch, right? (laughs) On the eighth day, God created Chad Steele. (laughs) So let's just say God has a gift for me. And he's going to try to give me this gift. And how many know you need to receive a gift? But you're going to have to respond to receive a gift. Okay. I'm going to put the microphone down for a second. Chad's going to try to give me this gift. See if this reminds you of anybody. Now, what's the problem here? God has a gift for me, but I can't receive it until I respond. But what is a a response that would be good to receive a gift? Hands up, hands out, receive it. So when we say lift your hands, it's not just tradition. It's not just something a worship leader made up to make himself look better or feel better. It's a response to God because you say, God, I receive the gift that you have for me. Whatever it is, I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. I receive your peace. I receive your joy. But you can't receive it like. And that's not your personality type either. It's not. I've seen you on Black Friday. I've seen you wake up at five in the deer stand. Oh, I've seen you at the U of L game. Oh, 20 degrees below zero, and you have your shirt off and you painted yourself red. But when you come into church, you're all proper and quiet and awkward. Now, you want the truth or not today? So when we say lift your hands and worship, this is not religious. This is what we're doing. We're receiving from God. It's a sign of receiving, but it's also a sign of surrender. Now, when you play sports, baseball, basketball, football, if you're the person who has the ball, you know who to throw it to and who not to throw it to. You know why? based off their response. Same way with God. God knows who to give stuff to and who not to because some people aren't ready to receive it. And we receive it through our response. So Chad, I'm just, I, I mean, I'm just going to say Chad, if we were playing a sport, any sport, football, this happens to be a football, football, baseball, basketball, how would I know that you're ready to receive the football? He has his hands up. Not. I just want to say, I'm not that boring. Don't do that to me. Do it on another week when somebody's born up here preaching. Not me. You know why? Because I have a short attention span, so I act like this to keep myself engaged and excited about it. I'm like, I got to keep myself awake and going here. So Chad wants to let me know that he's ready to receive something. How does he respond? His hands up. Nice, Chad. Now give me back one more time. Thank you, Chad. Once again, 
If he's going to receive something, how do I know he's open? How do I know if he's ready? They don't throw it to people if you don't have your hands ready because they know you're not going to catch it. And it's interesting to know when the quarterback, quarterback throws it to people that are like this, what do they call them? I'm gone. I'm going to see you. <laughs> what do they call them? What, I didn't hear you. What do they call them? Receivers. Receive, is that you today? Church family, is that you today? Who are you? Receivers. What do receivers do? Not. Thank you, Chad. You can sit down. I appreciate it. Come on, let's get up for Chad Steele. Are you getting what I'm saying today? They're receivers. Why? Because they respond. They respond. And that's what we need to do. We need to respond. I'm almost done today. So we get more from God when we respond to God. I would say that, once again, when I'm saying respond to God, I'm not just talking in church. I'm talking about in church, but in your daily walk with Him. You have to respond to Him. And I'm very aware, if you can't raise your hands here, Oh, you definitely ain't raise your hands out there. If you can't even read your Bible when you're at church, you are not reading your Bible outside of church. That's a no-brainer. But it starts here. It starts in the house of God. That's where we get learn. We learn. We get trained. We grow in how we respond to God. It starts here. So we have to respond to God. If we want to get more from God, we have to respond more to God. And let's not blame the preacher, the worship, the anointing, the church, or anything else. Let's look at us first. Can we do that, church family? I'm just trying to help you today. I've seen two people, same service. One receive, one leave, and say, yeah, I didn't get anything. All has to do with their response. All has to do with their response on how they receive. I'm going to say a few more things and we're going to have a time of worship today. I would say one of the best ways to learn how to respond would be in your worship to God. I know when I say respond, I'm talking about everything. To, to prayer, to when God speaks to you, to preaching, to when you read your Bible. I'm talking about all those things we have to respond to God. But I would say the entrance way, what does the Bible say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The best way to get in God's presence and respond first is through our worship and praise. So I really feel like if you get it in worship, you'll get it in every area of your life. If you learn how to worship God and how to be responsive to him. And so I want to share just for a moment as we close. Some of the words in the Old Testament given for praise and worship. And maybe some of these will reveal to you how we're called to our, express ourselves and respond to God when there's a time of worship and praise. Is that okay with you guys? You don't have to write all this down because it's going to be a lot. But worship, I would say worship is a good way to learn to respond. If we can respond in worship, you can respond in other areas of your walk with God. Start with worship. Get good at worshiping. Keep worship CDs going on in your car and in your house and get good music and good worship. And trust me, when you respond to that, it will be easy to respond in other areas because God's presence is already there. Now, I'm like that. I, I like music. I, I enjoy singing. I enjoy uh, music. So it helps me to get into the presence of God that way. But these are some words in the Old Testament given for how we should praise and worship. The first is halal. And it's actually the word where we get hallelujah. It means to praise, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. You don't have to speak up, but does that look like your praise life ever? Or does it look like? 
Thanks, God. No, and I, and I don't buy the lie that you're, that's just not your personality. No, it's not. It's not. You get excited for what you want to get excited about. You're passionate about what you want to be passionate about. It's not personality type. To praise, to celebrate. Is that what your worship looks like? Does it look like a celebration or a funeral? To be clamorously foolish. I would say to be clamorously foolish is like what it says about David in the Bible. That when the presence of God was coming back into uh, Jerusalem. It says he danced before the Lord with all of his might. To the point he embarrassed his family. And he was the king. And he said I'm not going to sit here and act all proper. And reserved and quiet just because I'm the king. I'm going to praise. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to openly celebrate God because he means that much to me. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart. He responded to God. Here's another one. Yada means to throw your hands up. Means to lift your hands in complete surrender. Come on, can we just practice that for a second? Just for literally 30 seconds, can you just thank God? Say, God, I thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in my family. Father, I thank you that I have food to eat, that I have clothes to wear. I have a house to live in. I have shoes on my feet. Father God, I thank you. I thank you. Okay, you can put your hands down. It was that easy. Some of you started to feel a feeling, didn't you? It was only 20 seconds. Why? Because you responded to him and you moved closer. And then that's when the feelings come. Yada. So it means to lift your hands. To throw your hands up in complete surrender. Toda. Oh, I like this. It means giving thanks for the things not yet received. Giving thanks for the things not yet received. That's what that word means, toda, in the Hebrew language about praise. To give thanks. See, I know a lot of times we come in here and you have needs. Like Amsey said, you have cares that weigh you down. Okay, all of us in here have that. All of us. But we have a choice when we get in here. Either I'm going to respond according to that, or I'm going to give God a toe to praise. <laughs> I just like saying that. <laughs> Giving thanks for things not yet received. So you can praise God when you're going through it. You can praise God when you're going through hell. You can praise God when you're sick. You can praise God going broke. You can praise God. Why? Because you're not praising him for the situation you're in. You're praising him for things not yet received. You're praising him for where he's taking you. You're praising him for the answers he's going to give you. You're praising him for where you're going. You're not praising him for the situation you're in. Am I helping anybody in here? So Toda is giving thanks to God for things I haven't even received yet. So that puts us all on the same playing field. Because we all have needs in here and issues. But you can decide, I'm going to respond to God. And how do we receive? By a response. Maybe the answers that you want aren't there because you're not responding to him. Why? Because we receive by our response. So it says giving thanks for things not yet received. I love this. A Shabbat. Now Miss Marion's perfected at this one. A shout. Come on. Or a loud command of triumph. You know, when you have victory, 
You don't say, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thanks. You don't act like that. When your team wins the game, how do you act? No, how do you act? Why? Because you have the victory. You have triumph, so you respond in that way. And that's one of the, the words for praise. Shabak is a loud shout. Why? Because you know you have the victory. It's a loud command of triumph. Not just praise God. No, because you just won the game. You got victory. You give God a shout of praise. Here's another one. Zomar. It says to sing, to play an instrument, to rejoice, to give joyful expression. Burak. To kneel down, to bow before the Lord. And here's the seventh one used for praise and worship in the Old Testament. These are Responses or expressions to praise, Zalil. To sing loudly and to sing unrehearsed, unplanned praises. That's what some of you need to get really good at. Because God wants to speak to you. God wants to do something in your life. And if when the lyrics stop, you don't have anything to say, You need to have some more praise and worship coming out of you. That when the music stops, you don't stop singing. And it might be in English, but it might be you can pray in the Spirit. We're a Spirit-filled church around here. You can sing in the Spirit. You can sing in other tongues. Like the Bible says, you can sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs that God gives you. It's just for you. And we can respond to God in that way. Now, why did I just give you these seven ways we can praise and worship God or responses? Because like I said, worship is the gate or the doorway to responding in every other area of your life to God. If you can respond in worship, you can respond in prayer. If you can respond in worship, you can respond to the word. If you can respond to worship, you can respond on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. You can respond to God. But we have to respond if we want to receive what God has for us. Come on, let's stand up. Can the band come up here? Did you guys get something today? think I preach myself happy. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's practice some of that. Let's just lift our hands. Lift our hands as a sign of surrender, as a sign of worship, as a sign of receiving from God. What does that say? That says, God, I want to receive. God, I want to receive. God, I'm here to receive. Thank you, Father. You guys can do there's a cloud in a second here. Come on, are we lifting up our hands? Well, I don't feel like lifting up my hands. I don't care. Lift them up. I don't feel like it. I don't want to fake it. No, you're not faking it. You're being a faith person right now. You're being faith-filled. You're being faithful. You're responding to God. In a second when I sing, I don't know if I feel like singing. Sing anyways. Watch God do something in your heart and your life when you sing. Watch God do something when you respond with your body, with your mind, with your emotions, with your heart. Revival's here in this place today. Revival's been stirring for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we must respond to Him. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. I feel this strongly today. There's several people in here right now. You have felt far from God. But today you got answers for what you need. Today you got answers for your next step forward. And you realize, i got to draw close to Him, then I'll draw close to me. i got to come close to Him, then I'll come close to me. Let it start today in all of you in your lives. 
But you know what? When you go home later, you can do the same thing. Tomorrow afternoon when you're discouraged, you can do the same thing. Wednesday morning when you're tired and you don't know what to do, you can say, God, I'm responding to you. Draw close to me. Come close to me. And he says, and I'll come close to you. I'll draw close to you. Come on, do you feel that in here? That's the presence of God. We respond with our hands. We respond with our hearts. We respond with our bodies, our minds, our will, our emotions. Father, we respond with our mouths. Come on, let's just speak some praises to God. One of the things it said was unplanned, unrehearsed praise to God. Out of your own mouth. Come on, you can thank Him. You can praise Him. I didn't say your life was perfect today. I didn't say you had everything you wanted, but God is a good God. And He's moving on your behalf. He's moving on your life. Father, we thank you. We thank you. And we thank you for things not yet received. Things you're doing. Answers you're bringing. We thank you for healing taking place. Miracles taking place. Deliverance taking place. Come on, keep your hands high. Answers coming. Why? Because we receive when we respond to you. We receive when we respond to you. Let it be said about our church, just like the football team. That's a church of receivers. That's a church of receivers. That's a church of receivers. They get answers to prayers. God moves in their life. And we do it because we're responders first. We respond to you. We respond to you. We respond to you. We respond to you, God. We respond to you. Thank you, Father. Let me ask this. When we sing this song, I want you to respond to God in whatever way He tells you to respond. Not talking about being weird or doing something inappropriate, but respond to Him and watch God move in your life. Can we do that, church? Let's respond to Him.